Flashpoint Play Podcast. Are we still in the summer edition, AC? We're still in the summer edition until the week summer before countdown, part baby. Three? All right, here we go. <laughs> Five Point Play Podcast is back. And I'll tell you what, Jack, it's a special one because um, although he's not a very good recruiter, uh, TJ Power is the fifth five-star commitment. And I know that you are very excited to talk about this team's game. So let's just go ahead and talk about the game of TJ Power, who some people around here are saying is very similar to Kyle Sindler. Is that is that accurate? That is correct. Kyle, I don't remember his middle name, Sindler. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jack, I know, I know how excited you are about this commitment. So just go ahead and talk about why you're so excited about this team's game. Yeah, Coach Pollard got a great one. Uh... Coach Chris Pollard for the baseball team. I think it's going to be really exciting uh, seeing him on the mound. TJ Powers, six foot eight, left handed pitcher. <laughs> this is a guy, okay, in all seriousness, TJ Power is, he does have shades of Kyle Singler in his game. Singler, I mean, he did this quite quietly compared to the other guys that are up there on the scoring list with him. He's the fourth all time leading scorer in Duke history. Yes, he has what, like 2,356 or something like that? Something like that. He's, he's, only behind JJ and Johnny, so mm-hmm. pretty impressive. And uh, excuse me, how could I forget the G-Man? Shout out Mike Jaminski, follows me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, back to TJ Power, humble brag, humble brag number one. Right? A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> you got to have one every show, man. At least one. So far. Um, With 45 seconds in, AC, give him time. TJ Power is, he's a guy who can stretch the floor. He's improved his game a lot just in the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a good spacer. He can put the ball on the floor. He can run the break at six, eight at power forward, really impressive stuff there. Um, and honestly, I kind of expect a Kyle Filipowski type rise uh, over the course of this academic year for him going from right now he's 24. He was in the low fifties at the beginning of the summer. He was below, um, Tyler Nichol who committed to UNC from my, uh, my dad's hometown, Alton, Virginia. He was below him at one point in the rankings. Oh, wow. And uh, we know Carolina's not getting any top, top recruits right now. <laughs> Makes I don't know if that's true. Honestly, I don't follow their <laughs> recruiting. But <laughs> this is a guy who's on a meteoric rise. And really, I, I do expect him to be a top 10 prospect in the class by the uh, time that he graduates high school. Now, that being said, he shoots right-handed. He plays basketball right-handed. He's a left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. He throws 87 miles per hour with his left hand. And he shoots 40-something percent from three with his right hand. He's doing one of those things with his non-dominant hand, which Mm -hmm. is incredibly impressive. And that just, I guess that, in my mind, adds to the uh, the intrigue with him. Because we've seen he can grow and develop really quickly. And the fact that he can use both hands really well kind of adds to that ability to develop. Because you don't expect an ambidextrous player when you're guarding someone. That's just, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things we even talked about last year with AJ Griffin, how he was a left-handed dribble over shot right-handed. Like, and, and what you're talking about with TJ Power is kind of the same thing. He can go to both sides of the floor very well. I mean, he's like a, a good switch hitter in baseball since we're going to use the baseball references. And, and I really like, I really like this pickup, man. It's just more length, balls on the perimeter. You got Mbako now, you got Sean Stewart, and now you got TJ Power. And, I know people have thrown out lineups where one of those five guys is going to be playing the five or whatever for Duke. I don't, I don't see that. I don't think that's happening. I think Philip Pouch is coming back anyway. And if he's not, you got Christian Reeves. Somebody else is going to be playing the five. You put these dudes at the four through the two where they belong and have incredible size on your perimeter. I would like to just say one more quick thing about power. 
don't know. Have have you guys played baseball in your lives, like past mm-hmm. little league? Yeah. It's really hard, AC, then you know. TK, I don't know how have you played baseball past little league really? Oh, I didn't. I, I played uh you know more aggressive sports like um lacrosse, but that's just like Baltimore, you know, background. There goes that Maryland stuff. There goes that Maryland stuff. Don't, don't pay attention to that. See, uh I, I play baseball. I uh, I still play baseball. Um and it is very hard to throw a ball pinpoint with pinpoint accuracy and with good speed mm-hmm. with your dominant hand. Mm-hmm. This guy's an athlete. It doesn't yeah. matter what the sport is. That's I guess that's the big thing at the end of the day. The yep. ambidextrousness is great. This guy's just an athlete. Pitchers yeah. tend to be some of the best athletes in baseball. This guy's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He plays yeah, the I, four I, and he plays pitcher. Yeah, I think that that's really one of the big underselling points here is that he is a tremendous athlete and he can play all over the floor. He's going to be mm-hmm. a tremendous playmaker. And then, you know, talk about his shooting, which has only consistently gotten better over the last, I guess, really year. Mm-hmm. He really kind of popped after Peace Jam is, you know, everything that we've read. Um, you know, and we kind of got in there late in July. And obviously, as you know, one Shire gets, you know, his foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say this, Jack. You know, if, if I if I was going to shooters and I saw John Shire walk in the door and I was talking to a girl, I just, I just, I would just get up and leave. Because if Shire puts his eye on on your girl, it's over. I mean, that's kind of how it's going to be. You know, when he walks into a gym, that's kind of, that's, I'm sure that's what he's like. I won't tell Marcel Shire that uh, that you said that. I'm sure she follows like on Instagram too. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's humble brand number two. Um, all right. So kind of a segue then to the 23 class, which by all intents and purposes Outside of the the portal, which I put separately, because uh, anything can happen there with uh, you know deflections in it, um, you know might come up after the season that may be unexpected. But now we got five guys uh, on this team. We got a full roster, one through five, with a point guard um, and Caleb Foster. Uh, like right now, AC, this this team to me is perfectly set up so that next year we have something really, really special can do big things. And I'm not taking away from this year's team, mm-hmm. but the way he has built this class in this early, I mean, it's not even mid-September yet, and he has his entire class set up. Absolutely. Like, the current the current group right now that's practicing and everything else, you can tell he, he had a plan, but he kind of pieced that team together. He got guys that he wanted. He was in charge of the recruiting. It wasn't Kay at that point in time, even though Kay had a little bit of a hand in recruiting some of, the guys, some of these guys early on because it wasn't announced that he was going to retire yet when we recruited some of them. But John, you can tell just the way we got transfers and everything else, this class was kind of pieced together, but he did a good job mixing it together. Next year's team, he has put together with a plan. And that's dangerous because you mix the best recruiter in the nation with the Duke pedigree and he gets to recruit with a plan. That's, that's awesome. So the class that we have coming in next year is really going to set us up for success. I think this class is going to set some groundwork and, and you're going to see some guys coming back from this team to next year's team, and you add that with that group of five, and it's going to be something special because that, that group that he's put together is very versatile. Again, it takes advantage of the perimeter, so you can kind of see where John's head is with how he wants to run his offense. There's going to be a lot of versatility on the wing. And shooters, man, he has recruited some really awesome shooters. And what he's also recruited is a bunch of five-star type guys where a few of them are going to be sticking around, which is awesome. That's, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to, that's what made K what he was. And John recognizes that if he's going to 
if he's going to be a successful head coach at this level, he's going to have to have some turnover with his squad. So, so you, you've seen him recruit to that level. So I, I really like what we see at 23. Yeah, I mean, you, you've heard um, the uh, kind of like Power said after his appointment is that he bought into what John Shire's plan is, which is to lead the, the, the nation in three-point makes and assists. So he has a bunch of playmakers who can all shoot. Mm-hmm. And like AC said, Jack, realistically, you could probably say that at minimum two, maybe three of those guys can come back for a second, maybe possibly three years. I I certainly see that being a possibility looking at both of the classes Shire is stacked up. I, I would not be surprised if the uh, the roster for 24 is made up of guys that outside of the guys that are currently committed are currently in Durham. Mm-hmm. I I think I think there's a lot of potential. I think Lively is and Whitehead are the only sure things to not be back on campus next fall. Yeah. And Grandison, of course, but yeah, I mean, I, I not to get off of the tangent, I, I have to see Proctor most likely leaving, yeah, um, got, especially based, especially based on not only what we've heard about him, but you know, frankly, I just think that he would be in the PQ from the beginning with if he had stayed in that same class. So, but we've talked about that before, but I do, I do want to kind of switch gears and keep it with you here, Jack. You know, kind of based on what you mentioned there, a couple of those guys potentially coming back. What could you potentially see as a starting lineup next year? Oh, next fall starting lineup. That is a fantastic yeah, question. Like that. That's a tough question. It is a tough question. Uh, I'm going to go with Foster at the one. Are we presuming Jamie Roach is coming back? Yes. No. Yes. Oh, we are presuming a fourth year of Roach? No, no. I think we're, no, I'm, I'm presuming that he's gone. Okay. okay. So I am too. Um, let's see. I'm going to say Foster at the one and then either shoot or Mabako at the two mm. go a little big. If we have Mac starting mm. at the two, oh my God, that would be such a matchup nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap. That would be insane, bro. Let's say shoot is a six man next year. So I'll say Mabako at the two and then it's going to be power Stewart and flip. This also assumes Mitchell leaves, which is not a definite. It's likely, but not definite. I think we have him on this team. In that case, this is a team that could start any of their top eight. Mm -hmm. Because then you got at least in my... Mitchell would start. If if Mitchell came back, he would start. Yeah, if Mitchell Mitchell starts, he Foster. Alessandra Foster, you got to imagine he's locked down the point guard without question, Mm -hmm. assuming Mm -hmm. that Roach is gone. So outside of that, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of agree. But if you got Mbako at the two, then I, I don't, I don't know what to think now. Well, think about this: you got <laughs> out, Foster's the only guy who's starting every game in this situation. Because then you mm-hmm. got Mitchell Stewart. Well, also Filipowski because he's the right. only true center. Yeah. Um, and Mac Mac is going to start every game he plays as a freshman. Mac will right. probably start every There'd game. Be no I way he assume, wouldn't. But just think of this rotation: you got two through four. You got. Mbako, shoot, Stewart, McCain. Mm-hmm. Um, McCain's off the bench. McCain's power. off the bench. Yeah, power. Thank you. Yes, Jalen um, Blake's off the bench. Jay Blake's is going to probably be the backup point guard. Yes. 
Like this, the team, Ryan and Young, got Reed. Reed. you and can't forget Reed. This, this guy is Ryan Young. Reed. And and you have Ryan Young again for another. Ryan year. Young, yes, he is. I mean, he's going for that two-year graduate degree. Right. Like it's an embarrassment of riches, man. It really is. This team, like I, I was just talking to uh, to someone yesterday after the commitment um, announcement by Power, and I just said, like, this year obviously is really exciting, but next year Duke is going to be the yeah. most talented team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and another year under Steyer is going to so be whatever his it, system is going to be. I'm I'm I don't want to do it, but I'm going to. I kind of feel like it's going to be very Golden State esque. Where if you're going to try to line up all these shooters and all these mm-hmm. athletes out there, you know, spread yeah. it out, you know, people coming off screens. If you're trying to lead, if you're trying to lead and make an assist, like I'm not that's sure the 2001 that's team. Yeah, I mean, this like yeah, K, K was putting it together back then. He saw the direction of basketball. You had that squad where they just spread it out, drive and kick. Like, you weren't seeing drive and kick in 2001. I can tell you that right now. That's what I was playing. Like, drive and kick wasn't a thing unless you were elite. Like, the elite, elite drove and kick. And then the, the, you, the you broke saw that him, offense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then you got – you have the new classes that he had or the new teams that he's that Kay has had the past few years where it's just, you know, freshman after freshman after freshman leader. And again, he was preparing those guys for the league. They were they were spreading the floor. Last year, Apollo, you saw him running off the high post again, which we hadn't done in a little while. So that that's K. Shire, I think he also he's under K system. He knows how to think the game that way, and he is in touch with new basketball. He's in touch with how things are going, and I absolutely think that he's setting a team up to be able to spread it out, drive and kick, and, and play that NBA style of ball. Absolutely. Anything I want to keep with you for this last question about the 23 class. I know that this is right up your alley, which you like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Where does the 23 class, and I'm not just talking about Duke, I'm talking about overall, where does that stack up with the last, you know, four or five classes overall? Uh, last four or five classes, I would say that this 23 class would be like middle of the road, just above, just okay. above average. I think that just okay. above average. You do have a superstar in Derek Whitehead. That is, that is a chunk card in this because – there's not there's not a lot of classes that have had a player his caliber, so he he's up there with uh with RJ Barrett with Paulo with those guys like in terms of his actual skill and ability. So I'd put him in a separate elite tier, but outside of him, the rest of the class and this includes Derek Lively, they're they're above average for sure. They are sure. above average as a class. It's not obviously not the worst one that we've seen even come through Duke's doors in the last five or six years, but it's not the best one either. It, it's right there in the middle of the road, I think. So it's a perfect it's a, it's a perfect building block than for next year's class. Absolutely, because next year's class is one of those classes that you look at and you're like, okay, there's some some potentially generational type talent, some all-star type guys or whatever in, in this class. Not not quite what the last one was with Paulo and them, right. but it, it is up there with in, in the talent spectrum. Gotcha. So you, you did mention uh, Derek. Uh, unfortunately, at the end of August there, he uh, has the vaunted uh, Duke foot injury. Can I confess? Um, can I confess? Yeah, lo- luckily uh, for for him and for for us and for the program, uh, it does look like he'll be back at the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, can I can I know, make what, my confession now? Yeah, yeah. Can I? Can I can sure. I no. When, when Jack said that, when Jack said that, <laughs> what would you do? I, I had to apologize. I had to step, take a step back, breathe for a second. <laughs> this is why you don't watch the Twitter, everybody. Exactly. This is why you take a step back, breathe. <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson, man. Like I was read I was, the complete tweet instead of just the first two lines. 
All of the above, man. I was like, God, we, headline we, we gone for the season. I was I was ready to cry, man. I was ready. I was ready to throw up all the things. I was gonna lay Meanwhile, down. Well, I shower. responded immediately. Like, and I quick. said he's gonna be back in November. And I was like, oh, oh, where <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you had the nerve to tell everybody else on Twitter to calm down. Well, of course I had yeah, to. Yeah, you man. did. You did say that. <laughs> Look, I can panic and then come back and catch my head and then tell everybody else on the panic. It's cool. Don't do me. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Don't do like I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So if he's going to joke or not, but, but all joking aside, we do believe he'll be back, you know, before mm-hmm. the season. I, I have to believe that two things. One, this opens up the door for some other guys, you know, to kind of step forward. Uh, two, what kind of shape is he going to be in when that first thing comes around? Because you can't, or maybe you can, because he's that kind of player, um, and sort him right back into where he was uh, in the starting lineup. But, it, it, you know, there's a difference between game speed and being in shape, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as the cliche goes. So where do we kind of expect him to be at that point? And then second, that's even fair to ask. And then secondly, who are you looking to step up um, and kind of take over that spot? And I'm not even – I don't want to say Proctor, um, and we're going to talk about him next. Maybe it is, because I thought he was a starter regardless. So is this, something where, is this a place where we think that Grandison, which we really haven't heard much about during the offseason of his own, you know, kind of managing his body and things like that, he's not just like he's ready to roll, start get, being a little bit more aggressive, getting him into that, into the shape that he needs to be in to, to be that third starter. Um, I, I think I think it's more about Proctor and Grandison. Uh, I think Grandison's going to do whatever he does. I think this allows if, if Reek misses any time at all to start the season, I think this allows Grandison to start in a moment in time where he probably wouldn't have started. Cause I think you're right. I think Proctor, if Proctor didn't start the season as a shooting guard, then at some point he was going to start the season as a two for us. And it was going to be at the mercy of Grandison. Like that, his spot is not one that is guaranteed. So I think this gives him a chance to kind of start the season as a starter, and maybe he he does the thing to try to prove that he deserves a start or whatever, but I think he knew his role coming in. I think he knows his role whenever he gets back, and that's to be a really, really good six-man for us, and I, I think that's where it sits. So I think I think it more – it gives Proctor the chance to run the team with Jeremy Roach and, and kind of get his feet wet early, which is what he needs because he's one who we know is going to have to get used to the style of American ball – and all of that, which Australian ball really isn't that much less physical than American ball. It's just the talent's better. So he's just going to, he's played against American talent before, so he's fine. But just to get his feet wet in it, I think it helps Therese more, uh, Tyrese more. But in, in terms of your other question about him coming back, I think he'll come back just fine. Like it's early enough coming off the heels of conditioning to where I don't think he's lost much conditioning. I think if he was out until February or something, that would be a, legit, a legitimate concern. But to, to, for him to come back in the beginning of this season, I, I don't see it conditioning being an issue. Yeah, so so Jack, I mean, do you kind of agree with that sentiment then that, you know, even when he is going to be out for, you know, a month and a half, two months, which, by the way, I loved his tweet. Uh, I just want to say mm-hmm. that right now. I loved, I loved his tweet right after, I'll be back, and I'll be just as strong as I've ever been. Mm-hmm. So I love that from him. I love the personality. He's got a lot of dog in him. So Jack, I mean, do you kind of feel the same way where he's going to be back and he's, he might have a bigger chip on his shoulder than he did before? Oh, certainly. I think I'm not worried. I will say um, he's he's a good player. I think he is good enough that he'll just slot right back into the lineup. I also, though, think that Proctor was not going to start 
at the beginning of the season, if not for an injury to Whitehead. I think it was going to be Grandison going off mm-hmm. of what AC was talking about. I think it was going to be Grandison, and then gradually Grandison was going to switch with Proctor. Proctor moved the two Whitehead shift to his natural three position, and Grandison becomes that super sixth man. I really, I think this accelerates that schedule for Proctor while keeping Grandison on course. Mm -hmm. And I I do think that, say that again? And happy, keeping him happy too. Oh, certainly. That's another big part of it. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly, he's, he has had some pretty big injuries in in his career and he's, uh, he's managing, he's doing some load management, Kawhi Leonard style stuff in practice. So we haven't really seen much tape of him, but. I can't I can't say I'm concerned about about that and I think he's going to be a really good player for us. I just mm-hmm. I think he's best suited for that six man role. You, um you know who this might help a little bit more too if Reed misses any time at all is Jaden Shoot. Oh, certainly. Because like, those two good minutes are wide open now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a spot coming off the bench that that Grandison or somebody else would have filled or Tyrese Proctor or whatever would have filled where now it's it's, it's probably either Jane Shooter or Jalen Blake. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited yeah, yeah, to see yeah, what yeah. Blake's might do. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think, I think Blake kind of knows what his role is going to be, and that's mm-hmm. any time that Roach needs a breather, he can come yeah. and step in. I mean, that's just my personal opinion on it, but Sean I, I do agree. Was that? Sean Dockery. The Sean yeah. Dockery role. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not I, a bad that's exactly right. Yeah, no, it's not bad at all. And I think, you know, you know, when he backed up Thuhan, that was a perfect guy to come off the, the bench and mm-hmm. – um, you know, do it be a change of pace because he was an absolute change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Actually, with shoot, I think that this is a chance for him to maybe steal a couple shots that he otherwise wouldn't have gotten and get some valuable experience, even mm-hmm. if it's early on in the exhibition season. Yeah, and for somebody like him, that's really important because, right? Yeah, you know, seemingly he's one of those guys that you might have seen come in in the non-conference late a little bit, but kind of lose his time during the conference season, whereas now he gets an early start to try to prove, hey, I kind of belong in these big matchups. So kind of talking about Proctor then in general, because um, we've already kind of danced around that a lot. Uh, the one thing I disagree with is, you know, kind of when he came in, just the summer that he had, um, understanding that Brandon had his load management stuff going on, um, I just think he's going to be too invaluable, number one, and he you're only going to have one year of him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to put him in the starting lineup next to Roche and let him roll. I, I just don't see any way, before the rake injury or not, that he was not going to start the season of the two. I think that's very possible. I think you're right. I, I, don't, I don't completely yeah. disagree with that. I think it's very possible. One one thing I feel like or felt like he had going for him, number one, is seniority. And number two is he was here earlier than Tyrese sure. in the whole process. So maybe my 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 feeling of Grandison starting over Proctor was not a talent thing and not a team fit thing. It's more of a, the, the old dog's going to get his due early on when the games kind of don't matter. And then when gears need the shift, the shift was going to happen to Tyrese Proctor. That, that's kind of my opinion on that. Yeah. yeah I, I, I gotta say, I, I agree. I also think Proctor is adjusting like AC said earlier to American basketball is going to be a big piece of it. Yeah. I just think mentally, um, I just think mentally, it, it just benefits us a lot more to get him mm-hmm. and let him go through a little bit of those growing pains early on. I mean, because he's you know, player, you kind of know what Grandison's going to give you. Yeah, and so, true. And the scrimmages kind of gave us a key too. Like Jeremy was playing off ball a lot in those scrimmage uh, tapes, 
And I think you're going to see that this year, especially with Tyrese Proctor. Well, you want you, Jeremy Rose is a good point guard. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy Rose needs to make that Quinn Cook switch where he's now one of the scorers and let the yeah. freshman come in and run the team. Because Tyrese Proctor is a much better team runner than Jeremy Roach when it comes to floor vision and some of those other things. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, certainly. I love my Jeremy Roach. Yeah. And, but floor vision wasn't one of the things he was known for as a point guard. It was his toughness, his athleticism, some of those things. So getting somebody like Tyrese Proctor, who is a very natural point guard at 6'6", yeah, let him have the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thinking as well, where, you know, let Roach and him figure it out together. You know what you're going to get out of Grandison. You know, there, there's no real surprises there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll be on the floor plenty. But oh, certainly. You, you want those two, Roach and, and Proctor, to be in sync as early as possible. Mm-hmm. So from, from that, for those reasons, that's why I'm like, all right, you know. I like just, it. Just let, let it roll. We're, we are our best team when Tyrese Proctor starts and Grandison does not. So I'm, I'm fine with that. If it happens early as opposed to late, cool. And a perfect segue right here into what I think is going to be the best segment of the entire show. You always see the best for last. Always. Uh, AC's boy, Jeff Goodman. Oh, don't you dare. Uh, had the audacity <laughs> to tweet out last year that John Shire was the third best recruiter in the country behind was it John Collin Perry and Rick Pitino? Was that, uh, yeah, I was think that, that's something like idea. whatever. Uh, but you know, because because he has been struggling, uh, he's now the tenth best recruiter in the country. And he had a wonderful tweet, I thought, last night after TJ Power. <laughs> um, <laughs> a tweet that he put up like three days ago, by the way. But he was he had the audacity to, to respond to Duke fans that were calling him crazy at being at ten because he's. Coming off the heels of what Kay has already built, as if he mm. didn't do that before, mm. uh, and some other ridiculous things, and, and that's why he has not that. It, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, and it's like I said before, you know, if if Shire walks into the gym and you're one of those nine recruiters in front of him, you should you should go home. Mm-hmm. You should go home because well, ask him who he's there for. Just ask. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who are you here to see? Because if you're here yeah. to see the same guy, I'll go and, and, and look at the guy who's behind him. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the whole tweet, the whole tweet was ridiculous. Wait, wait, go ahead, Jack. <laughs> go wait, ahead, Jack. I, just, I just found the tweet from last year. <laughs> he had Penny Hardaway at two. Penny, Hard- Penny Hardaway. Penny and Shire. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Speaking of Penny ahead. Hardaway, really quick, congrats to Andy Borman, who was an 01 national champ with Duke on getting an mm-hmm. assistant coaching job there. Yeah. But back to the matter. A dumpster fire. Congratulations. It is a dumpster <laughs> fire. But you know what? He got a coaching job. He's he also did. Coach K's nephew. So. Yes, sir. Anyway, <laughs> let's discuss Jeff Goodman, the certified clown, the man who leaked Coach K's <laughs> retirement <laughs> announcement before Duke could set the press conference announcement. That's just a fantastic human being right there. A guy who. Uh, Dropped Shire seven ranks from his ranking last year for clicks. That's mm-hmm. all he. That's all he's after is clicks Jeff, and attention, Jeff, and we're giving click, it to him. Jeff Clickbait Goodman. That's what he is. Yeah, he's clickbait. Come on now, you know Rick Stansbury, great recruiter. He was able to get Charles Bassey, like the number eight recruit in the country, to go to Western Kentucky. John Shire has been going up against the likes of Calipari, Williams, and Davis at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Self. All these, like, all the Blue Bloods, all the top non-Blue Blood Power Conference teams. And he has gotten commitments from all but two of the kids who have taken official visits to Duke. Mm 
had 10, what, 10 five stars in the last two classes alone? 10 five yeah. stars, one four star. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? He's got like 25% of the five stars in the last like two classes or something like that. You're, you're talking about a, a giant troll. This is what he does, like you said, like new fans who are listening right now. Do yourselves a favor, you'll save yourself a lot of heartache. Just just block him. Just block him, unfollow, block, whatever you got to do. Block him out of your life. Anybody, block the mention of Goodman, anybody who says anything about him or himself. He'll say a lot of things about himself. That's what he loves to do best. Block him. Like, he, he is a trash can of a human being. Like Jack said, he ruins people's <laughs> announcements. Recruiting announcements, retirement announcements. He he wants to be Adam Schefter or or Brian Windhorse or or what's his name Woj so Woj? bad. Yeah, Woj. He wants to be them so bad, man. But you, that's not you, bro. That's not you. All right, you you sucked before when you were on CBS. You sucked when they briefly had you on ESPN, and you still suck on the field of sixty eight because you had to start your own thing on YouTube because nobody else wanted you. All right, on your own podcast. I mean, he's got podcast, Dre Dawkins though. He's got Dre Dawkins. Dre. Poor Dre needs to get about it. Some people just have a bad boss, man. That's how it is. Like, I can still be friends with him. It's, yeah. Your boss sucks. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, he's, he's horrible, man. He's that kid. He's the 14-year-old kid who has the gun and wants to show off to his friends and he shoots himself in the foot. Because on his own podcast, he talks about how John Shire is the best recruiter in the nation, how he can get anybody. Same things we're saying right now. He can get anybody who walks in the gym. I know I talk to other coaches. He always said I talk to other coaches. I talk to all these guys. He talks to everybody. I talk to these guys who say that they're the recruiter they're the most afraid of is John Shire. Like, okay, so then, so, but he's number 10. Like, okay, all right, bro. Like, we know what you're doing. So, good fans, just, just, just kill this, this high school cheerleader who, who wants to blow the quarterback so badly, but the quarterback doesn't want her. That's Jeff Goodman and, and the public. So, just do him the favor, put him out of his misery, and just get rid of him. Get him out of your life. It'll be so much, so, so much zen. You'll be so happy. Jesus. I can't right? say any. I, I don't know how to follow that. Uh, yeah, I, I got absolutely up. nothing. It's, it's like, you know, <laughs> let AC man. go sometimes and he'll say all the things that I have written down, but it's not even worth it to follow that now. Oh, my God. And Rob, and Rob Boster's even worse. Fuck that guy, too. Oh, my God. I can't, man. <laughs> I got me all mad, man. <laughs> This I mean, you know, see, podcast, yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just a summer session, so God only knows it's going to happen during the season. Wow. But, you know, you saw a lot of the Duke fans, like, you know, replying back to him on Twitter, which is exactly no. what he wanted, which is yeah, exactly no. what he wanted. I mean, they're listing all the recruits that he's gotten since mm-hmm. Coach K announced his retirement. So yeah. it's like 12 recruits, 10 of which are five stars. Um, one thing I do want to give a shout out real quick, because we didn't even talk about this for the potential team for next year, but Reeves is going to be there as a backup center as well. Mm-hmm. So, Reeves is going to be a really good backup. Right. Absolutely. I think I think they kind of want Reeves to play. Well, I think they wish he could play this year, but the red shirt is in effect. So he's good, man. He showed he showed a lot of things over the summer that people liked. I will also say I uh, I actually I'm friends with a guy who played against Ryan Young in the Big Ten and mm-hmm. he said that it was an incredible pickup and the fact that he was playing behind Nance and that they weren't playing together was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something. No disrespect to Coach Collins, love the guy, <laughs> but that's going to be something to keep an eye on. This is a guy who's really good in in low minutes. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, the, a lot of people are talking about flip, and and I've seen both 180 degrees on on how people feel about him. You know, I saw some trash article saying that he's the best prospect in basketball, <laughs> and I've seen other guys that think that you know he's going to really struggle. I kind of am toward a little bit. If I had to pick one of the 180s, I'm toward the latter on that because I I do think that flip is going to have a little bit of time to to get uh, caught up to the speed of the game and, and and try to figure out where he fits in. Mm-hmm. But I think Ryan Young is really going to help him with that. Yeah, he's going um, to be a steady And that's why course. I really like that pickup. Uh, yeah. Patrick Ryan Tape really. did that with Big Mark. Yeah. Ryan yeah, Young is a much things. better player. Yep. Yeah. Well, Imagine what he before. can do. Absolutely. He'll actually see the four. Absolutely. And, and flip with Flip, Ben, I, I, think, I think the best that we see out of him this year would be something like Arizona got out of Lowry Marketing. I think that's the best we see out of Flip. I don't, I don't see a better season than he had, and I don't think he's going to have some. I, I think his floor, his absolute floor, would be you know Shavik Randolph before the foot break. Like that's that's, that's just a really good comparison that marketing one. Yeah, I, I think they play a lot together. Like I know we always try to make do comparisons, or whatever. But Lowry marketing is one I think that I, I see that style of ball and Kyle. I think it goes offensively and defensively too. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think defensively he's going to struggle early. Um, That's and the big worry in my book. Yeah, and then I hope later on in the year. But I, I, again, I really am going to harp on that. That might be my thing mm-hmm. this year, but I just harp on this. Um, I think Dick Ryan Young is really going to help him. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that they're going to be there together and have a full summer again next year, um, I think Flip could come back next year and be one of the top you know, players in the country. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And could? Still have, could? Still have Will. Ryan Young with him. Yes, sir. Get him, Jack. Will. <laughs> I think he's gonna. I think right. he's gonna have a. I think he's gonna have a lot of competition next year. Uh, mostly, it's gonna be on campus. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I, I think that he'll have a. I, I've seen, you know, I've, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I've seen a lot of comparisons to people saying that he'll be more of a sophomore year Matthew Hurt. I, I don't see that at all. No, 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 no. no he's better than Matt Hurt. I love Matt. And a different player too. They're also different positions, different players. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, yeah, they both can shoot the ball and they're big white guys. Congrats. <laughs> that, that's where it is. It's, it's true. It's so true. Yeah, it's no, like NBADraft.net. It's like NBADraft.net. Like that, yeah. That's what they do. If you have a white American player, you're mm-hmm. going to get immediately compared to a white American player. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what they do. Yeah. No, he's he's close. Honestly, I, I feel like he's closer to a Plumlee than he is to Ryan Kelly. That's, that's that's where I am with Filipowski. Like I said, Lowry Marketing is a, the comparison I would use, and I'd yeah. even go as far as to say Shavlik Randolph was kind of the same player as well. And then I just want to finish this one off because I, I want to give a shout-out to, to to Mitchell because I I think everybody assumed that he'd be a multi-year guy, maybe even a guy that would transfer after a year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to be impossible to keep up before. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be impossible. a really valuable player. I, I, I could potentially see him starting. I I don't disagree with that. I think I, I think one of Lively and Filipowski will end up on the bench to come off as a six man. I kind of assumed a six man starting rotation, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Matchup based between Lively, Flip, and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Two of them start every game. Yeah, and I think it's Lively that sticks around because of of his skill set and his size. But Flip and Mitchell could absolutely be interchangeable pieces, and that would be wonderful because. I don't want Mark in the backfield, uh, backcourt handling the ball, but absolutely coming in off the bench to to spell some minutes there and or down low would be perfect. Do, do you see? Do you see a potential two and two, um, you know, rotation? Potentially, potentially, yeah, two and two with maybe an extra player, whether it's Blake's, whether it's shoot, you know, whoever 
uh, ends up taking taking a hold of that role. Ryan Young obviously is there too. So we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of depth that we can work with. And everybody's gonna scream. CK should have been doing this for years. He's done it before. Shut up. But it, it, yeah, I, I think that's I, I think the two and two wouldn't be a bad idea with the squad. Yeah, we got a lot of versatility. I like it. Uh, do you have any really other parting do. words? Uh, Jack. Oh, uh, I do. I I have the top. I have the entire top ten list. I just want to list off the nine guys who Jeff Goodman thinks are better than John Shire. So Shire's at ten. Number nine is Dana Altman. (laughs) Oh my god. Who? I just want to remind you that Oregon Oregon head coach Dana Altman, who I'm pretty sure hasn't gotten five star talent since Bowl Bowl. Lost uh, Mookie. AC. This is a perfect. AC, this is a perfect time to do like the, the stone cold from back in the, yes. the you know who? Yes. What? <laughs> Number eight is John Rothstein's importer, Eric Musselman. No way. Who I will concede he is a great recruiter. The thing is he's a great recruiter in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. doesn't pick up that many kids straight out of straight out of high school. Yeah, but it's clearly better what Shire's going. Continue. Go ahead. Seven. Juwan Howard. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling he, he threatened stole to punch Baker Jeff Goodman, Shire, right? Yeah, that's a bit. bit oh yeah, bit he lost. stole him. Stole him. Wasn't something that was agreed to be best for everyone. No, I, I have a feeling he punched Jeff Goodman until he uh, put him at seven. <laughs> Shout out Greg Gard. I hope your face is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number six is Scott Drew. Keep going. Keep going. That's a joke. That's that's just a joke. Uh, five is Slick Rick Stansberry. Oh my god! Who we talked that's about the earlier. Best one. That's the best. Shout one. out to my uh, my Sixers third string center yeah. Charles Bassey. At number four is Bill Self. Bill Self right. does not recruit five stars that often. We know yeah. this. He recruits low four stars and develops them. He's a great player developer. Mm-hmm. He does not recruit high ranked talent anymore. It's just not how he is. Number three is Leonard Hamilton, who just recruits people who are above the height of six foot eight and tells them to play point guard. Seven two, I would have been like, yes, yeah. Eh, Scotty Barnes is six eight, so I just. Uh, kind of... All right, who we got? Two is uh, still Penny, who paid Penny. James Wiseman. He loves Penny. <laughs> Penny's going to get fired and team. or put on show cause in the next three yes. years. Half of Penny's team played for his AAU squad when he was still an AAU coach two and a half years ago. Like, come on, man. And where is Emily Bates playing now? Like Central Michigan or something? Yeah. East yeah. Oh, my God. Well, East that's yeah. – I feel bad for him. That's more his dad being a helicopter yeah. dad. Like, yeah. he shouldn't have been ranked that highly. He only was because his dad made a school and, like, scheduled the weakest competition he could find. I feel bad for the kid. He's a role player who is never going to be a role player. Number one is uh, is John Calipari again, great recruiter. That being said, his uh, right hand man in recruiting the last few years, at least, has been Jay Lucas. So Where's Jay say, Lucas? You would say that Shire recruited Jay Lucas better than Calipari. Oh, for sure. Did you you remember what Calipari said when Jay Lucas came to Duke? He said, "I understand Jay wanting to do what he thinks is best." <laughs> You're so sore. He was so sour. That was so funny. This man just lives like Kate was rent free in Calipari's head. One hundred percent. But not only that, but Shire's never lost a recruit to John Calipari. This is true. Correct. Tom Izzo has taken more recruits away from Shire. (laughs) It's one. Correct. 
Yeah. So there you have it. That's the uh, knocks in the top ten list. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the opposite oh of gosh. the Jay Letterman top ten list from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like I know he's not Duke anymore, but where the hell is Nolan Smith in that top ten? He should be there. Yeah. No like, very I mean, I think it's just head coaches that were on that list. Yeah. But where the hell is Nolan Smith? Where's Jay Lucas for that matter? Two of the it top is- like the top three recruiters in college basketball right now are Nolan, John, and Jay Lucas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what I don't understand about this is you had John at three last year, correct? And right. so okay, you assume he's he's gonna be the head coach. He gets the number one recruited class in the country. Okay, but now you drop him seven, and he has another number one class in the country that no matter who no matter who anybody brings in, can't be beaten. So I just don't understand how it's possible to drop like there, I don't know. Like how do you drop seven spots? It's impossible other than that you're just exactly who you are. You're flip bait Goodman. <laughs> Goodman said bait. today when someone said that Kay's never recruited as consistently as Shire before, Goodman said Kay never got guys like Paulo, Zion, RJ Tatum, Kyrie, Lewell, Okafor, Rivers, Singler, J. Will, Boozer, JJ Sheldon, Ferry, Leitner, or Hurley. Yeah. First off, about half those guys were four star recruits. Well, (laughs) about 40% of those guys were four star recruits. And K lost recruiting battles a lot. Yeah, especially uh, the. If K was as good of a recruiter as Shire at this stage in his career, we would have had Chris Mullen. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes. I don't know how the hell he got Johnny Dawkins, but that's what changed everything. I don't know how Jeff Goodman got a job. Well, he's so good now. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that's that. Summer sessions almost coming to an end. Thank God. Because classes are back Jeff. in session, guys. Mm-hmm. They're back in session, and you know we have our full squad. We're looking toward the exhibition season coming up here. Talk a little bit more practice. Talk about the exes and O's that we're seeing. Hopefully, they'll they'll you know let us in on a couple more scrimmages. I'll be there. I'll be close by. So I'm going to stop by as much as I can and, you know, give you the first-hand update on what's going on on campus. But I'll tell you something right now. If I see Jeff Goodman, you know, I'm going to stop right there. This is a publicly uh, (laughs) accessed podcast. I'm going to stop right there. But let's just say if, if, if we cross paths and I see him on the side of the road, I will not be stopping to help him out. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no way. No. Best of luck to Jeff Goodman. We mm-hmm. uh we don't we don't want you to run into TK anywhere in the streets of <laughs> Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> and don't be searching for your invite to this podcast. All right, after this NFL kicks off today. And I do want to give a shout out to the Queen, RIP. RIP to the Queen of England. <laughs> I heard she was ranked number I heard she was gonna be ranked number, you know, nine in front of yeah. Shire on the recruiting battle. But I heard the Queen was a UNC fan. Uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Jack, Jack, it's too soon. <laughs> I'm not joking though. <laughs> what? All right, we gotta get offline here. This is getting off the tracks. <laughs> Everybody enjoy the first nine of the NFL season. I think it's what Rams minus two and a half AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh give me those uh give me those bills, baby. Wow. All right. A little, little side action. I think the Bills, they got everybody's picking them this year, so I'm going to pick the other side of that. We'll, we'll, we'll get a bet on uh, on the side. And with that, go Duke. Let's go Duke.
Let's go, Duke. And hey, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Let's go, baby. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the Five Point Play podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Five Point Play podcast. Let's go, Duke.